Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Brought to you by Remarkably Remote. A microcast from GoToMeeting. Webinars to staff meetings. Client calls and virtual coffees. Listen to Remarkably Remote for tips on hosting meetings of all varieties. Head to gotomeeting.com tips and listen in on how to make remote work work. Hungry city rats are looking for a new lunch spot near you. By Eric Nyler. As a graduate student at Purdue University about two decades ago, Bobby Corrigan spent weekends living inside a commercial granary in Indiana. As part of his doctoral thesis, he observed how rats live, behave, and reproduce, following about ten separate rat families on several floors of the sprawling facility. The population stood at about 150 rats, all told. After a few months, Corrigan decided to remove their food supply, by meticulously cleaning up all the loose grain. At first, there were loud squabbles and fighting among the rodents. Over the next several nights, that progressed to outright battles and even cannibalism. In a few days, nearly all of the rats on the property had disappeared. They had either moved to a small town nearby or died before they got the chance. Corrigan, a consultant and urban rat ecologist, now lives in New York City, where he advises city officials, airport staffers, and pest control companies on how to handle their rat problems. He says that since the pandemic hit, cities across the country have been witnessing a replay of his Indiana granary experiment. Urban rats that had been feasting on restaurant dumpsters and back-alley garbage cans for their entire lives have seen their food sources disappear. As a result, they are changing their behavior. Foraging during the day, sleeping in cars... They chew on the wires, mistaking them for edible roots, invading apartment buildings, and, just like in that granary, practicing rat-on-rat cannibalism, known as muricide. These animals become aggressive when they are starved, Corrigan says. They are attacking each other. It's pretty gross, but it's life in the wild. This stressed-out rat behavior has been reported in Chicago, where pest control experts are reporting cannibalism and other unusual behaviors in the New Orleans tourist quarter of Bourbon Street, and in Philadelphia, where a pest control expert found one home infested with 20 rats that had moved in after losing their food from local restaurants. Rats usually live together in underground colonies located about 50 to 75 feet from a food source. But 
as food has become more scarce, the range that each rat travels has gotten larger. Rodent control teams are reporting a big shift as rats expand their range to look for food, according to Jim Fredericks, chief entomologist for the National Pest Management Association. We don't have any data that rat populations are increasing, says Fredericks. What we are seeing is some observations of rats behaving in ways they normally do not. Primarily, they are acting in a brazen way during the day in places where they had not been seen before. I suspect it has a lot to do with how humans are behaving. These urban centers that would be bustling with people are now ghost towns. Urban parks, tourist areas, and restaurant rows that are normally packed with people munching on food are now nearly empty because of coronavirus lockdown measures. Fewer people equals less food for rats. And even out in the suburbs, Frederick says, according to members of his organization, hungry rats are abandoning strip malls to invade nearby homes in search of food. Scarcity has also created conflicts within each colony, he says. Usually there is an alpha rat that gets first dibs on food before the others, Frederick says. A young juvenile has to wait, and so that competition increases. With more rats vying for less food, tensions rise, and there is the potential for these rats becoming violent with each other. While rats don't transmit the coronavirus, they can be carriers of other diseases, such as salmonella and leptospirosis, Frederick says. These are among many diseases that rats spread directly to humans through infected urine or droppings, or indirectly by carrying ticks or fleas that then bite humans and transmit the disease. If you do find a rat in your neighborhood, the best way to deal with it is to remove outdoor food sources and block entrances to your home or apartment building. That means sealing up any openings the size of a quarter, or any half-inch doorway gap. You will also have to enlist your neighbors. Just as the novel coronavirus can spread through a restaurant or crowded market, so too can rats infest a neighborhood where not everyone is doing the right thing to eliminate food waste and clean up their garbage. Our weak link is that not all of us behave correctly, says Corrigan. It only takes one of ten misbehaving humans to give the rats what they need. The problem is, how do you get 100% of your neighbors to behave correctly? It's very hard to do. Corrigan notes that rats aren't confined to low-income areas of a city. If you have a wealthy person that lives like a slob, they will cause problems for the entire complex, he says. One urban rat expert is using the global COVID-19 lockdown to study how rat behavior is adapting to changes in human behavior. Michael Parsons, a visiting scholar at Fordham University in the Bronx, is collecting data for a global research project using data from pest control companies and city officials in several countries. Parsons says that the coronavirus lockdowns that are forcing the movement of rats from one neighborhood to another or from urban centers to suburban zones are an opportunity to collect new data on rat behavior. Mass migrations of rats don't come along very often, so our intentions are to document as many global events as we can with help from industry, Parsons wrote in an email to Wired. Parsons isn't sure if there are more rats out there during the pandemic or if it's just that people are noticing them more and, of course, posting images on social media, which reinforces the belief that more rats are around. One glum note, as life begins to return to normal in some areas, Parsons believes rat populations in urban areas will rebound, just as they have throughout history. Once restaurants are open, Parsons wrote, you then could have rats in both the new and the old places. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. 
I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.